Welcome to the podcast where we talk about sustainability, responsible travel, and we touch on organizations and people that are doing the right thing. Today, we speak with Annelie Persenbach, and she is most definitely doing the right thing. She believes that education and action together with people in societies are the most powerful tools when she works with climate change, sustainability, and tourism in Pakistan, which has seen a massive boom over the past few years and is now focusing on eco-tourism. Anneli is very much involved in women empowerment. She is the first Swedish woman registered as a shareholder of a company in Pakistan. She is advisor to the Pakistan-Sweden Business Council. And last but certainly not least, she is the co-founder of Pak Forest. And Pack Forest is the voice of trees, everything that inhabits our forest, conserving, sustaining our forest ecosystems and achieving sustainable development goals. Very much involved with reforestation, which is something that is very close to my heart. The website is packforests with an S.com. So without further ado, here's Annalie based in Sweden, but you can also find her in Pakistan. So I'm speaking with, and please correct me if I'm totally wrong here, but I'm speaking with Anneli uh, Persson Beck. Is that is that the right uh, pronunciation? An- I take it. Sorry. Anneli Persson Beck. Persson Beck. Okay, right, right, yeah. right. Okay, and um, you are the uh, co-founder, uh, principal co-founder um, of Pak First, and uh, also advisor um, at the Pakistan Sweden Business Council, uh, sustainable tourism uh, practitioner. And I was introduced to you by Lars Ling, um, from what I understand. Yeah, and you're based in Sweden. Um, I take it originally from Pakistan, uh, seeing Pak Forest, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's good, true. good, good. And uh, from from your profile on LinkedIn, um, I see that you believe that education, action, together with people in societies, are the most powerful tools. And you work with climate change. Tourism in Pakistan, women empowerment and uh, energy efficiency. It's um, quite a lot. And I see quite, I, I, I looked know. on your profile, I <laughs> saw so like five job descriptions as well. Can you tell me a little bit about what it is uh, that you do? What is it, a sustainability developer? What do you mean by that? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, by sustainability developer, it uh, content a lot of things, uh, but it means uh, like, managing resources without uh, depleting them uh, from future and uh, for future generations and uh, a couple of years ago or some years ago we almost always talked about the environment when mm-hmm. we talked about sustainability but you need to include the economy you need to include the social issues as well and uh, with my uh, in my work i have the knowledge to you can say help organizations, uh, governments, and so on, to integrate all those three principles into their operations. That's a very simple way to describe it. And it con- it contains a lot of things, of course. But that is what I do as a sustainable developer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah. Pak Forest, obviously, that interests me uh, in particular. I-, I read a little bit about it. Maybe you can explain a little bit more um about that? Well, uh, what Pack first, uh, first of all, it started as an idea uh, right. over one year ago. Yeah. Uh, me and a friend, uh, I had a friend in, I many friends in Pakistan, but he's a passionate uh, filmer, video maker, and uh, we just uh, met 
very very fast over a cup of tea. Then we have uh, two pots of tea. And what we realize, what we want to do, and what Pack Forest is doing these days, uh, we can say we conserve and sustain the forest. And why the forest? Because uh, it's there. You, you need to start with the biodiversity. If we don't have any forest, we can't produce any food mm -hmm. all around the world mm -hmm. because it's the biodiversity, it's the diversity of the forest with pollination and so on. It's the forest where they start. And uh, also we work uh, with these wildlife ecosystems because if you don't have a wildlife ecosystem as a baseline, you can't provide the rest of the world with food and so on, and livelihoods. Uh, we also realized that during the past 10 years, we have seen a rapidly increasing in the cutting down the forest. And this is not only for Pakistan, but mm. this is in many countries. But we have come in a different... Uh, we, we, have not, haven't not, we haven't come so far in all the countries. But we realized that, okay, we have a forest. They cut the forest down. They make into agricultural land and also establish um, housings uh, beside them. And the forest uh, just need they, they cut down the forest and it has to leave the place to become just agricultural land. So we said, okay, we will work in the agri-livestock sector as well. Mm -hmm. But I think the most important of uh, the things we work with, you can say I work with Impact Forest, is about the regional planning. The strategies for sustainable regional planning, uh, that is what uh, we do. And uh, if you don't have, if you start in an undeveloped country or in a country that is going on to be developed, mm -hmm. you need to have a really good baseline from start. Uh, and if you can put that mechanism on the ground as a start, okay, we need to involve all the communities here this is what we have. This is an amazing nature that we have, mm -hmm. but also combine that into the livelihoods and the socioeconomic uh, pattern as well. So uh, that is uh, the most important thing uh, we do, uh, conservate uh, forests and also the regional planning. And uh, that is what we do. Uh, we also realized that uh, there was, in Pakistan specifically, uh, they had a lot of data about research into forestry because they have uh, amazing universities in mm -hmm. Pakistan and they have so many good uh, education programs, but all this data they collect, it's not digitized. Uh, if, you can, if you can grab this data, convert them into digital data, it will be such a good baseline for all the research into forestry in Pakistan. So that is also something that we do. We're converting data in, into the digital form. So is it, well. is it now in paper? Is it all paperwork basically? Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, mostly yeah. paper. It's starting to get digitized, but there, there has been a lot of research yeah. during 
the time in Pakistan. That is it's in paper. And we can't get our hands on those data. But because if we have the data, you can uh, provide a lot of things like the regional planning and so on. But you're in Sweden yeah. and the data obviously is not in Sweden. It's in Pakistan yeah. as well. It must but be I'm, in, to... I'm in Pakistan a lot as you well. Are. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There you go. So you uh, talk so about... Uh, what... yeah, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. So that is what... Uh, so Pack Forest do a lot of things. Uh, I'm the co-founder, yes, but we are also a lot of people that works with us in this network. Uh, we are not trying to teach Pakistan something. We learn from each other. That's the most important thing uh, to, to, to think about uh, because we learn from each other. Right. Uh, so that, yeah, that is what we do. Brilliant. And you talk about biodiversity. And uh, yeah. you also mentioned that it happens in a lot of forests uh, around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just a question that I actually didn't send to you beforehand, but uh, it's about Earth Summit, uh, which was obviously Thursday a week ago. Uh, we had a mm. lot of uh, countries making announcements uh, around that time. One was from Brazil, uh, President there, uh, oh. Jair Bolsonaro. He said that, uh, well, he will have emissions neutrality in 29 years or so, um, in 2050. He also said mm. uh, he promised to end illegal deforestation in 2030 after his presidency is over, I take it. Um, mm. if, if, if he says something, why doesn't he do that immediately? What, what do you think about that? Does that happen in Pakistan, uh, illegal deforestation? or? Yes, it happens uh, because, uh, and I understand why it happens as well, mm -hmm. because the people who live there, yeah. uh, they need to have fuel uh, to cook their food and so on. Mm. And what else fuel do you have there? Yeah, you can go out and cut some trees. And because uh, the infrastructure for uh, natural, re for other resources, it's not there at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's coming. It's it's going to be implemented uh, step by step. But if you live far up in the mountains and the only resource you have to make your house warm, mm -hmm. you have... You just can go out and cut some trees. That's because you don't want to. You need to have the warmth in in your house. Sure. So sure. what what choice do you have? No choice. So of mm -hmm. course there's a lot of illegal uh, tree cutting as well. Yeah. It is, and uh, you can't always do uh, go and do this. Uh, uh, national park. You, you can't uh, create national parks everywhere. Yeah. You have to implement the basic ideas to understand the mechanism mechanism. Why can't I cut some trees here? What do I need to do instead to have the knowledge, to have the education? Okay, so you basically yeah. you, you think it's not that bad, what he said, uh, ending illegal deforestation in nine years' time as opposed to doing it next year, so? No, I think it's, it's, it's got, it has been better. You know, uh, some places where Peck Forest has been, just to, uh, to visit uh, some sites and so on, we have brought our drone there, just filming a lot of tree cutting and so on. Yeah. And in one place just outside Islamabad in Banigala uh, some months ago, we just went there, I took the drone, and just to see how, it, how the area has changed uh, during the years. Uh, I think one week after the illegal tree cutting just stopped, government came there, they started to plant trees immediately, just by they have seen our drone. Right. 
So yeah. you have so, you, you have an influence, basically. You're making an impact just by being there, correct? Yes, we do. We do. Wow. Yeah. So don't need to stand on the barricades and scream and shout. You can yeah. do a lot of other stuff with education just, and just, just be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, there must be a lot of challenges as well uh, with concerns uh, this in, in Pakistan. You talk about the biodiversity, obviously. Maybe you can talk about a little bit about, about the biodiversity as well as the challenges that you have come across yourself. Um, uh, being the founder yeah. of the um, back forest. Yeah, de yeah, definitely. Uh, there's this is huge biodiversity in Pakistan mm. and in the forests that are there. Uh, unfortunately, it's just about five uh, percent of uh, forest uh, forest coverage uh, at the moment. Uh, but the diversity that's there is amazing. It's from predators uh, down to small, small insects. And also, uh, we have realized that uh, we need to, uh, what can you say? Uh, we, we have to create the awareness. Okay, people, a lot of people know that there are white-breasted kingfishers there. You have the snow leopard and yeah. a lot of mm -hmm. cool stuff there. Uh, but you can't go, just go out there and uh, they have still this, um, what do you call it, when they're uh, this trophy hunting as well. Uh, you can't just go out there and grab the things that you want. Uh, it's a problem. Uh, it's really a problem. Now I lost the question. Mm -hmm. uh, but, the challenges, uh, the challenges. Uh, and, the challenges. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Dif dif it's definitely about the basic education. Yeah. To understand uh, why you can't go out and do that, why you can't go out and put out some uh, sewage water into the river, why can't you do it? You need to understand the why. And uh, Pakistan is a country with um, uh, with educational system that uh, you could wish could be a little bit better because everyone doesn't have the possibility to go into school. And if you don't get the knowledge somewhere, how can you know, how can you deal with the biodiversity and understand that why it is important? How can you know it if you don't have the education, if you don't have the possibility to go to school? So I think it's in education, it's a schooling system. It's right there where it all starts. Okay, that makes that yeah. make, that makes sense. And is that is that changing? You think, or is there something that, yeah. that you do? That yeah. you, uh... Yes, it's changing. It's changing. Uh, we uh, uh, we are in the middle of uh, one project now with Park Forest. We are mm -hmm. making a plantation conservation plantation yeah. in um, KP area. KP is one of the provinces, and uh, we work with the community. Uh, it's in Kalash. And uh, there's an old tribal area here. And we started discussions for over one year ago and look into uh, what kind of diversity, biodiversity they have. And they have such a lack of biodiversity there. So uh, the project is about to uh, plant saplings from the old, from old native trees. It's oak, cedar, pine, uh, to get back the biodiversity into these amazing valleys in this northwestern area in Pakistan. Uh, you want a lot of, the country itself, you want to have a lot of tourism up there. But if you don't have anything to show 
You only have a tribe with beautiful with women with beautiful dresses to show. Mm-hmm. You need to have it all. If you don't, uh, pro- if you don't continue to work with the biodiversity in the country, mm-hmm. what can what is possible? What can you show the tourist when it comes there? It's there with the biodiversity. Everything starts. So we are planting 10,000 of saplings uh, during this year. And it's a project that runs for three years. We will monitor it and evaluate it during three years. And uh, it's four. We will hand it over to the Kalashan community after three years. And during that time, we will have a lot of workshops. And uh, I think we have over 4,000 of beneficiaries in this area. It's a whole community, a whole Kalash community. And we will learn from them and create a proper education and train them to see if you don't cut all these trees now, then you can benefit with these things instead. So you need to make your progresses and learn from from this baseline we're trying to create there. So you're involving so, the local community there, and what what will be the, what, what will be the ultimate benefit, if I may ask? Uh, well, how can how can they see the benefit um, of what you do? They can see the most uh, important of everything. I think it's to prevent the landslides there because this is very very high up in the mountains. The roads are very bad in these areas, and the roads are increasing because of the landslide it gets smaller and smaller and it's more and more dangerous uh, and also the community will be able to go down to use this road because there will not be any landslides and you can go down to the valley to the bigger city there and collect things and you can continue to nurture this um this tribal area uh, because you can use the road mm-hmm. you can use the road to go from different to different places it will take a while before that takes effect i take it so. of course of course but uh, we think of long term long term um, okay. um, benefits here and also other things you they will benefit from is that you can uh, continue to take uh, the seeds from uh, the oaks and from the pines. You can use the pine nuts. You can uh, get a decent, it takes three years, of course, uh, before you can collect these uh, pine nuts. Uh, but you can, we can educate the women to, yes, you should uh, use, you, you should do like this and this and this, because they have done it before, but this new generation, they don't, don't know about it. Uh, so they can benefit from it in so many ways. Okay, Brian. Yeah. So you talk about um, about tourism. That there's not much tourism there, but you yourself are very much involved in tourism, which has grown significantly, I believe, over the past uh, ten years uh, in in Pakistan. Um, yes. I just looked again on on Wikipedia. You have a lot of people. Um, the fifth most populous country. Uh, I understand over two hundred million people. I did not actually. Um, know that but you have been ranked quite highly as well over the past uh, couple of years uh, best holiday yeah. destination 2020 um, third highest potential adventure destination uh, Forbes uh, ranked Pakistan one of the coolest places to visit and um, yeah. a lot of world heritage sites as well 
Um, so basically, it has increased by more than 300% uh, over the past two years. And from looking from 2013, just over 500,000 people actually went to tourists, went through Pakistan. And two years ago, in 2018, three years ago, I should say, it was over over almost 7 million. So that is that is massive. There must be... Um, must be a few challenges there as well, I would say. But you work with climate change, you work with tourism in Pakistan, you're an advisor, um, sustainable tourism, a taxi owner. So mm. how, how do we see that? What do you do in tourism? What is that a tourism praxi owner? First time I heard that word, I actually looked it up. For, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, I, what I believe in is to put the money into the right pockets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good start because when I travel to Pakistan, when I travel in Pakistan, I'm both there sometimes as a tourist, sometimes I even guide international tourists. Uh, because if you need, if you want to learn something, you need to start from the bottom line, from the bottom and work yourself up. Mm -hmm. So three years ago, I went to Pakistan, um, and um, it was a lot of, I faced a lot of challenges, but before I have studied a lot of, uh, a lot about the culture and uh, how does the demographic uh, looks and uh, the socioeconomic things. And yeah, you all those things. But uh, so I was, I had a lot of knowledge when I uh, came there first time, but when I arrived, I just erased everything I knew and started from scratch. I just adapted the culture, uh, to go with the flow and I realized okay uh, the mechanism is totally wrong here uh, many tourists put the money into the wrong pockets mm -hmm. uh, what I mean is if I'm going somewhere for to be a sustainable uh, tourism practitioner I need to put the when I need to go somewhere, of course, I don't go outside. For me, it's not proper to go and rent a huge car and so on and with a lot of luxury. I go out to the rickshaw guy and I don't deal with him. I just, and I just accept what he wants me to pay. And I'm nice and I'm, I try to conversate with him and he takes me to different places. Uh, also, when you travel around in the country, uh, you know, you can't drink the tap water there. So we always bring those uh, plastic bottles. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in places, because, you know, there's not an infrastructure in place to, uh, you can return your plastic bottles because uh, most people and most domestic tourism, uh, they, they just throw things out of the window on the car. You have, huge of city dumps and so on when i travel in pakistan and when i also on when i'm guiding people we always take our garbage with us if we are up in kalash for example we bring a lot of stuff there and we have uh, water bottles and so on we don't we don't leave the garbage there we take it with us mm -hmm. to the nearest proper site that you can get rid of them in a nice and proper way and always to put the money into the right pockets. That is, uh, I can describe, yeah, it's a very brief description. What's the right pockets? Is that is that the local community or how do you mean that? Um... 
Yes, into the right court. Yeah, both in the community, because when you're going to, uh, for example, in the Gilgit, uh, I sometimes go to Gilgit, uh, I don't use uh, a guide from Islamabad. I use a local guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, uh, I try to connect with other women because there's a lot of female guys in these areas as well. And of course, you shall use those guides that lives there because again, you put the money into the right pockets. That makes again. yeah, makes makes, Always, makes, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you mean by sustainable tourism. That's where sustainability comes into play. Local communities, amongst yeah. other things. Yes, other always things, yeah. uh, work with the local communities. Always. Okay, and but if if people go to Pakistan, is it not more mainly packages that they being offered at this point, or is there a lot of backpackers and uh, individual tourism uh, going on? As it's well? it's a it's a huge variety of uh, choices you can make. Okay. Uh, if you're going there as a first time, if you're used to travel, yeah, uh, you can easily uh, move around. Uh, in Pakistan. Uh, it depends upon which area because uh, the tourism is different in uh, in different areas. Uh, most people go up to the mountains in the northern areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as a backpacker and as a woman, uh, as a woman, it's a bigger challenge, I think, uh, because you need to adapt the culture, maybe dress a little local. Uh, but if you're used to go backpacking, you can deal with those things. Mm. Uh, but always be respectful when you are in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watch many influencers go there and some people, they are just screaming about everything is free in Pakistan. Of course, that is what Pakistanis are famous for, yeah. for their hospitality. Mm-hmm. But you need to treat these people with respect, honestly. And um, yeah. Uh, obviously uh, that's different in different different countries and yeah, um, obviously there, there's i saw articles as well one from for, for yeah. france 24 one from uh, bbc uh, also one from dawn.com you mentioned mm. influencers already you mentioned as well that uh, uh, you have to be respectful um dress in a certain way maybe perhaps um we uh, influencers first of all they have been pushing uh, pakistan uh, quite a bit as a tourism destination mm-hmm. uh, that's always very good i think i don't personally i don't see anything wrong yeah. with that no no um no. but uh, that there are restrictions on places that foreigners uh, can 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 visit as you mentioned already uh, as, as a woman mm-hmm. it might be a little bit more uh, difficult uh, as well. Uh, it's uh, the article uh, in France 24 uh, says that men might bother women um, in in, mm-hmm. in certain certain areas. I'm not sure where that would be, but maybe as a backpacker you go outside the normal tourist areas where that might happen. Article from DBC mm-hmm. said something about the prime minister um, Imran Khan uh, talking that that you know rise in sexual assault cases might be linked to how women dress. At the same time, on the other side, you have a lot of, you say yourself, you yourself, when you travel to certain areas, you look for guides, sometimes a lot of women uh, guides as well. I saw something about an all-inclusive tourism industry as well, a root network, all women organization. So there's two sides there that are coming up. If you you read about these things, if you hear these, uh, these comments, if you you know, if you hear from the human rights group that have accused your prime minister, what, what, mm. what? If I may ask, of course, um, what, what are your thoughts about that? And 
you know, you mentioned already a little bit about respect, mm -hmm. having respect. But what should you really consider uh, when you go there? How safe is Pakistan? Um, should should you? I know that if you go to the Maldives, uh, you have to dress it a certain way. You shouldn't be disrespectful. That's concerned. I'm sure Pakistan is pretty much the same. Can you give a few pointers? Mm. Yes, definitely I will. Uh, how shall I put it? Uh, when I, it depends upon the area right. you're going to. Uh, for example, when you are uh, coming to Karachi, for example, in Lahore, Islamabad, it's very liberal cities, and uh, you uh, all also that thing because they don't drink alcohol sure. in this country yeah. and uh, it's easy to move around uh, of course if you dress yeah, it, it's, it has nothing to do with how you dress uh, but if you come to Peshawar for example it's uh, situated in the northwestern region just uh, at the Afghan just before the Afghan border uh, of course when you come there uh, People look at you a lot, if, especially when if you're blonde. Mm -hmm. uh, people look at you uh, because you you point out you you are different. Uh, but so far, I have and I've been on all these places. I have never been harassed in any way. Uh, Sometimes I have a male company with me. Uh, sometimes I'm not having a male company with me. Uh, I have been in Pakistan, I think, 10 times now over the years. And I've been traveling in all these regions. I have so far never been harassed in any way. But what you as a woman should think about is to dress in a modest way because this is a Muslim country. Sure. And you need to dress in a proper way. Always think about how you dress when you move around uh, out in the cities. Of course, I use, I wear jeans, for example, when I'm in Lahore or in Peshawar. But I cover up, I have long sleeves and I cover the body and I also cover my hair mm -hmm. uh, because if you do that and just go with the flow you, you have to use your common sense honestly mm -hmm. uh, then you I think you will will be spared from all these um, people that is looking at you because female foreign females are not so common in Pakistan it's a different it's a different way of travel because most women do not travel on their own in, in, when we talk about domestic uh, sure, tourism. Sure, sure. There, there, are, uh, there are people who, do, uh, there are women who do that, but it's, it's changing. It's, it's really changing because you are more and more accepted out on the streets as a female. Uh, today because the society is changing uh, so yeah it, they are walking towards uh, another future uh, I don't want to say 
better because just that's different. only yeah. Pakistanis who yeah. knows that. Yeah. I, I can't teach them about that. But it's changing. Yeah. It's changing. And, and there's a bigger acceptance about this. Yeah. Things. And your profile mentions uh, women empowerment. How are you involved with that, if I may ask? Yes, you can ask that. I'm involved in that way that I support uh, networks uh, with women. I am a part of a huge network in Pakistan. Uh, it's called Connected Women. Where female uh, owners of companies, uh, they aren't entrepreneurs and whatever, we uh, are connected and we empower each other by uh, help our businesses grow and supporting each other. We give uh, small workshops uh, when it comes to to manage your finances, how to grow your brand, and so on. Uh, so, And this is a huge movement uh, I'm connected with. And also, uh, I have worked with, uh, but I'm working on helping out with one company. It's uh, UK-based, but uh, they work in Pakistan as well. Uh, the company's name is Untamed Borders, okay. and they're situated in, um, in UK. But uh, they also do a lot of group tours uh, in in destinations that is hard to reach. For example, in Afghanistan, right. uh, they now employ the first female uh, guide uh, on their tours in Afghanistan. And this is how we do. They they do the same thing in in Pakistan. We always try to reach out. When I worked with this company, we always try to reach out to ladies, to female networks, and so on. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm really deep involved in that. Yeah. No, that, 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 that's brilliant. And, um, obviously, um, you mentioned already the way that 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 you just dress, dress modestly and think about the fact that it is a Muslim country that you're going to. Is there anything else that uh, might come to mind? To uh, because tourism is 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 all of a sudden it's like you know it's like a gold rush almost. I think in mm. in Pakistan mm. from five hundred five hundred thousand all of a sudden to almost seven million three years ago. And I'm sure that when uh, when everything opens up again, people want to go somewhere where there's not that many other tourists around, and it's a massive country. So, so that 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 might just be a place that people really um, look for. Exploding, and your prime minister said as well. There's more eco-friendly policies really needed because at the moment there's a lot of uh, sites. Um, because it's such a gold rush, there's buildings, basically, you know, cement buildings uh, that are being erected in towns, and that that, yeah. that doesn't look very nice. You mentioned yourself already; it's not 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 good to a place just to see women in beautiful dresses and beautiful clothing and beautiful uh, community, but you have to have the surroundings as well, and that might just be going in a in a wrong way if you don't take that in those eco-friendly policies into consideration mm. so that's actually a great thing that he did there um mm. what, what 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 do you think about that uh, he says uh, countries tourism will not be successful or sustainable unless local people are able to benefit from it but at the same time the local people probably are the ones that are erecting these um, you know these these unsightly un, un, un buildings let's say it like mm. that so what what is the what is the way to do this how do you do that i think the uh, first thing is to have a proper regional planning uh, yeah. strategy, yeah. Uh, definitely. And when you do a regional planning strategy to uh, try to implement that, you, you need to have this vision. What do we want to do with this area? That uh, you have to have 
this vision. Okay, then you uh, need to collect you need to collect a lot of data and to interview those people who live there. What are their livelihoods and so on? And you need to make make this GIS mapping over an area before you even think about to start to build up this spot as a tourist hub. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, the local government wanted to build 10 luxury hotels. Okay, but after you have done all this service and all uh, this collection of data, you realize, okay, this site cannot take more than three or four small buildings and build them into guest houses because the pressure will be too high at, on this area uh, because you need to sustain the ecology, the, the ecosystems and so on because the people who live there, these are the livelihoods. So you need to have that vision clear. What, are you, what do you want to do with this area when you start to do this regional planning? Uh, and also the legal uh, the, the, yeah, the, the legal framework. It needs to be in place. You need to have that legal framework strategy to put up the, the framework that says, okay, in this area, we are not allowed to build houses that are more than uh, 10 or 15 meters high. Yeah. Because other, yeah, You need to have this framework into place. And during this COVID Time it has been a really good, got good opportunity to uh, discuss these things and to put this framework into place. Yeah, it's ongoing. I know that, but uh, you can't you can't just switch into another strategy just by doing this. It takes time because there's over two hundred million people, two hundred twenty million people who yeah. live in Pakistan. Yeah, yeah, that's a loss. The legal, loss, yeah. the framework, yeah, the framework and the regional planning, it's so important. Yeah, and you mentioned already this the, the, this this period, obviously during uh, the pandemic, is a good moment to really think about this. And uh, an article from um, what was it, dw.com, mentions exactly that as a matter of fact, oh. uh, and says mm-hmm. that this is a very important opportunity to to take advantage of this pause right now and think about what really needs to be done uh, quite infrastructure uh, and tourism for the benefit of travelers but also for the future of, of, the, of, of the environment and for the communities so um, mm. that that is important you think that's very important as well what what do you think will happen um, when you know when everything is over I, I actually did not check Pakistan uh, how the situation is there uh, pandemic wise is it the same as India or is it less uh, severe? It's less severe than India uh, because uh, I was in Pakistan last year in January when uh, I heard about the, when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just went home, I think it was in the end of January 2020. I went home from Pakistan to Sweden. And then they, the pandemic was a fact and then they, Pakistan closed their borders, the land borders like this, to China, to India, to Afghanistan, to Iran. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it still is. Uh, pandemic uh, has, they have, in Pakistan, they have used these smart lockdowns um, all the time. Uh, they are not just put the whole country into lockdowns. They do smart lockdowns. They monitor the way viruses are spreading uh, in the country and they take immediate actions 
uh, and do so-called smart lockdowns. For example, now it's Ramadan and aid is coming up. And already now uh, the government uh, made a statement and uh, said, okay, we will close all the tourism to the northern areas because everyone wants to go to the northern areas uh, during um, aid and so on and after aid. We are closing it down now because we will not have, we, we can't uh, receive any tourists uh, these days. Uh, it has been a disaster for the tourism business uh, in Pakistan, as in many, many countries. And I think uh, when it opens up gradually, when the vaccine is someplace and everything, we, we, I think the, the post-COVID time will continue and continue because there will be new viruses, we mm-hmm. need new vaccines and so on. So I don't think, but that's my opinion, uh, we can't just continue and do business as usual as we did before. You need to consider a lot of things to be take precaution and you need to be, a, in, instead, you need to be a disruptor and disrupt all this bad uh, mechanism that uh, this on the black market and so on. You need to just implement smooth and nice uh, mechanism and create a kind of baseline to follow these SOPs. Uh, also, when you come out on a hotel, because if you're in, if you're born in Europe and come to Pakistan, of course, there's a difference in the standard. It should be because there are two different regions. But as these, you can implement some guidelines, a frame, legal framework that if you run a hotel, you need to have these things into place to create a baseline uh, to run a hotel, at least. But do you think it will happen when it's uh, when, yeah. when it blows over? So people will be take this in consideration, or will they go back to the old ways? Because I see in England, people are going on holiday in the in in the UK. And mm. not much has changed, really. You know, no. I just think like it's the same as before, and nothing has happened almost. Mm. Uh, no, I think uh, it will get better uh, in Pakistan because uh, they rely so much on tourism, especially the domestic tourism. It's a huge industry, and uh, with this government uh, uh, that's in Pakistan today, they have really, really good thoughts. They are educated and they are they think about the future and long term, uh, long term sustainability and so on. And I know, by fact, they are working with these things to put at least a baseline into place. If you're a tour operator, you should do like this, this, this. If you run a hotel, you need this. If you're a guest house and so on, because there are different levels into this guideline, into this framework that you at least need to have into place about hygiene, for example. You need to always go and wash your hands before you start to make the breakfast for your guests. So those kind of things. And it didn't exist before. Many hotels uh, performed it, yes. But if you're in the countryside and uh, I want to just um, take a nap there during the night and just go to sleep for one night, I need at least a possibility that the staff there wash their hands and so on. And if you have that thing on the ground, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a more solid base. I talk about a baseline, but 
they have no baseline. You need to create the baseline first. Yeah, well, you're yeah. very positive. Oh, you're very positive, I must say. That's very, yeah. that's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better than being negative. That that doesn't get you of anywhere. Course. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pakistan has such a huge potential. Oh Massive, my God. massive. Obviously, that's why it's growing so mm -hmm. massively as well. Uh, no. Is there anything you would like to say to people that are listening to the show? Where can people find you? And uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you have a dream, go through with it. Because uh, uh, when I was in Pakistan three years ago, uh, my family said, Annelie, you will probably die. Please, you need to check in on WhatsApp every day. We don't know if we, want to, if we, if we will meet you again. You will probably disappear <laughs> somewhere. I said, no, it's not like that. But then I disappeared for three, four days up in the mountains because they have no internet uh, coverage there. Mm -hmm. And then when I came home, I thought, okay, I was in Pakistan. I noticed a mechanism, and if you're curious, and if you see something, hold on for that curiosity, because suddenly you can end up as a co-founder for a company in right. Pakistan. I think I'm the first Swedish woman that is registered um, as a shareholder in a company in Pakistan. Really? It's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a dream, just follow it. And also, develop things. Don't get stuck. Uh, people can find me uh, in Sweden now, of course, mm -hmm. but most of the time for the future in Pakistan. Because uh, I would be the boots on the ground. I, well, myself, because I'm an environmental engineer as well. And I want to get my hands dirty. And I will go up there and learn how to plant oaks as well. I will be on the ground uh, to work with the team. Uh, because we work together. We have a flat organization. We work together. But you will find me mostly in Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously yeah. online as well. I see PAK Forest. That's P A K Forest.com. Also, you're on LinkedIn uh, at yep. Emily hyphen. Person back or without the umlauts on top of the A, I see, but I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, thank you okay. very much for being on the show. Much appreciated. It was a pleasure, Peter. And I was so happy to be here. And I was such a good and fun time. That was a podcast and that was Annalie. Um, her organization's website is packforest with an S dot com. Um, I'll put it in the show notes so you can find more information, the latest news as well on podcasts.earth with her page being forward slash and then Annalie with double N. You've been listening to Peter, Peter de Vries. Thank you for doing so. Don't forget to tune in next time and have a look on our YouTube new brand channel called Sustainable News. And the website for that will come soon. Also sustainable.news. Thank you. Thank you.